Well, good morning again. Welcome. Blessings on you. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in First uh, Peter chapter 1. Starting at verse 3. I'm going to call this a living hope, this, this message. The Bible says, without hope, or hope that is deferred in Proverbs 13, 12, makes the heart sick. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. There are many things in this life that let you down, or you may call them setbacks, imperfection, imperfect people. I don't know if there's a perfect situation that we could really think about that's perfect on this side of heaven. Maybe something close to it. But having hope in this life that there is a life that's coming without pain, without suffering, that gives us hope. That we're going to, with his help, obtain the goal, reach the destination, reach the place where we come to that we are made completely whole. The church has never been without pain. The body of Christ has never been without some kind of persecution or suffering. And the Lord uses sometimes suffering to bring more us more of an awareness of our need for him. So I don't like suffering. Verse 3 begins by, we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You and I have hope today because we know the Bible is true. That Jesus paid the price through death on a cross and was resurrected. Jesus conquered death. In fact, the Bible says the last enemy is death. Jesus conquered death because he lives, we are going to live also. Until he calls us home, may we keep our focus on what lies ahead. We're not in heaven yet, we know that. If you need to pinch yourself... uh, This is not heaven. Oh, how we long, Paul longed in 
another portion of scripture he described how he longed to be with the Lord, yet he also knew that if he stayed, it was God's plan that he would be fruitful. There would be ministry that he could touch others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 4, we read, To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled, will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. There is a, an inheritance for the people of God. For the people of God, there awaits what we know as a place called heaven where God himself lives. And there is a wonderful place that he's preparing for you and I. That where he is, you may be also the verse we read dealt with things that are imperishable, which is inheritance, which is imperishable, undefiled, will not fade away. Isn't it uh, interesting how the sun, as we know in the sky, fades color, can fade sighting. Anything that is exposed to the sun's rays over time begins to fade. That new paint job on your truck or your car, if you don't protect it, it will begin to fade over time. But in heaven, nothing's going to fade. It's preserved and it is reserved it is there for us. It is protected by the power of God through faith. Notice, through faith. A salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Your greatest treasure is Jesus himself, who is your salvation, whom that is whom you are and I are looking for. Jesus said, while you're on this earth, don't lay up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. Those who live in Minnesota understand that rust it's often caused by the salt that are put on the road. And let me say this. One of the hardest things in this life sometimes is realizing what you thought was okay. Maybe you stowed it away. Maybe you thought it was safe, but oh my goodness, moths or rust or critters come in to gnaw at your valuables. What Jesus is saying is not that we shouldn't be people that have things in storage, but don't let those things become your primary focus. That we need to include what is most 
the most, what can we get for the most in of our deposit? Out of our deposit, if we will say yes to Jesus, we have all heaven that awaits us. If we tell someone else about the Lord Jesus, I believe there is a reward for that, even to the extent where Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water, if you act even as a servant, there is reward for those who serve. There is reward for the heart that was kind when they weren't being treated kind. There is reward for those who remain steadfast when it would be sometimes easier to bail. And Jesus is saying to you and I, there in heaven awaits a wonderful inheritance. We don't want to miss being having our reservation in. And how we put our reservation is to say simply yes to Jesus. I need you. I cannot save myself. We make our reservation for the day will come when he will call his people. And our time may come or when he comes back to the earth to receive his church, his body. Treasures are all around in our world as we know of it. Treasures that people thought they had to absolutely have to make them happy, but only to find out they were only empty because without Jesus to fill the void that is in our heart because of the separation that sin produces, only one is left feeling empty, feeling like they haven't achieved anything. That is only temporary. But the one who's maybe never had very much in this life, but they had Jesus, they learned that they were rich. They were rich for one day they would receive the inheritance. It's protected. God is able to protect his people. And God is able to protect you and I in these days that we live in, salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So our inheritance is something we look forward to. No wonder Paul could say in Philippians 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. No matter what may come, if we can somehow muster up within our spirit, man, I'm going to choose to rejoice and thank the Lord, even though it may cost some hard things, some pain. We need to pray for one another when we're going through pain. We need to reach out and, and try to offer kindness. Sometimes it's your presence that's only needed. We don't always have the words to say that those who may be going through difficult times, but just by showing up and showing a kind smile, a kind gesture, a kind attitude, offering in some way that helps bear one another's burdens. Because we are not going to be exempt from trials. We read on in the text, in this you greatly rejoice, verse 6, 
Go now for a little while. I love that verse, uh, that, that, that little word, little. Lord, if I'm going to have trial, make it little. Help me to endure for, the, for a little while. This life is a little while. The Bible says a thousand years with the Lord is like a day, or a day is a thousand years. That all eternity is hard for myself to measure, understand what is that, how does, what are we going to do for all eternity? I believe we're going to be learning more and more and more. And we'll never get bored in heaven. We'll never become anxious because he will be there in such a great way. We don't want to miss it. Even if it causes trials for a little while, if necessary, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable. Notice what is precious, what is the absolute, your greatest gift. It is God giving you faith to believe in him. Even God gives in the book of Romans, it says, a measure of faith. Even for uh, us to comprehend our need for him is an act of mercy from the Lord. At the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable. Even tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. For some have been through the fire more than others, it seems like. I don't understand at all why some seemingly faithful people of God have been tested beyond what I could even comprehend. At our getaway this week at the Minister's Connection, we heard from a couple. Uh, they, they've been evangelists, but they've been pastors now for quite some time. They had a daughter that was helping with worship. She was in her 20s. She came down. She got sick. She had most of her colon. She got colon cancer. She had most of it removed. And they were sure God was going to heal. And they were praying the prayer of faith. Yet God did not heal her. And they had to deal with it. And what they kept saying over and over again, the only way they could get through this trial was they had to get themselves into a place of worship. They had to get the presence of God. They had to get into the presence of God. And I'm sure it's not not easy, even now after a year or two has went by, it's not easy. The pain doesn't go away completely, but they're still trusting God, though they have questions. That's the fire. That's some things that I don't wish on anyone, but we know that the Bible is full of stories that people who, maybe as in the book of Hebrews 11 described, some of them never got to see the promise that they were promised, yet they kept the faith. They kept pressing on and believing God. I don't understand how God works even things that were meant for evil. We find in Genesis 50, verse 20, the story of Joseph, when Joseph was, you know, 
Basically, his brothers were jealous. They wanted to destroy him, but then they figured, well, let's just sell him to the Egyptians. He winds up there. He winds up in prison. He has a as it, the, the king has a dream, he interprets the dream, he somehow, God gives him favor, he's able to get out. This young man that was, all the things that he suffered because he, I believe, kept faithful to God, God used him to become salvation to his family, as we know as the people of Israel today. In verse 20 of Genesis 50, we read this, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. God has a way of taking that which was bent for evil and to turn it around and make something good out of it. Oh, may, the, may we hang on to his promises. Some of you have been hurt. Some of you have experienced in your own spirit, rejection. Transfer it unto the Lord. Turn it unto the Lord. Make the Lord your strength. Make the Lord the one who you confide in. May the Lord, may you go back and begin to realize, yes, even people who were faithful suffered. Even Jesus did not deserve that which was put on him. Yet Jesus modeled servant, servanthood and the ultimate sacrifice of giving his life. It's one thing to give your life up for someone who's good, and it's another thing to give your life up for someone who's not so good. And Jesus did it all. He loves all people. His desire is that none should perish, but that all might come to find eternal life. May the Lord use us in these days that we live, that we might carry the presence of God into the situation. May we be so filled up with our faith that is in the Lord, that when we go in different places and different situations, that we bring encouragement to people that are around us that they, they would draw from even your faith. But your faith, no doubt, people who have been tested have earned their right to be heard. They carry a message. They serve the Lord even though that's happened to them. You mean to tell me they still love God even though it seems like he's been unfair to them? Yeah. Even though they don't understand, yes, they still choose to trust in the Lord. We don't lean on our own understanding. It'll drive us crazy. If we try to figure out all the whys in this life, it'll drive you crazy. But he just says, trust me, someday, someday, the secret things belong to God. The things he showed to us belong to us now, but he's just revealed just enough because it requires faith. As you believe in Jesus, it requires faith to trust him that he's leading you. 
and that he's with you now. This faith will be tested. The proof of your faith, we read, verse 7. The proof which is more precious than gold. Faith in Jesus is worth more than all the world has to offer. One could not pay us enough. One could not offer us anything that will take the place. We are called by the Lord to serve him even when it's difficult. This salvation is that which comes the moment we receive Jesus and salvation continues to help us through this life and we know that the real salvation is when we reach heaven above. Our encouragement to one another now while we live is to live for the Lord. Live for God. Demonstrate into a broken world what it means to love God and love people around us. Being kind to your neighbor, treating them as you would yourself. Paul said to a young man named Timothy, I fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. What was it that kept Paul going in his hardships? Oftentimes his reflection on what was coming in the day heaven awaited him. Even at one time he seems to suggest that he himself was caught up in the third heaven. That Paul, some suggest it was when he, they had tried to kill him and, and destroy him. And he was drug out and left for dead. But he said, I, see, I, I remember a man who was caught up. He's referring to himself. And he heard words inexpressible. Words we couldn't even express. But something was alive. Something kicked in his spirit, something convinced him. First thing was when he met Jesus on the road after he was against, which when he thought he was doing a service for God. The Bible teaches us to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Our labor is not in vain. You see, when we make a deposit of kindness, of goodness, a love, a prayer, it all goes in God's account. God is keeping a track, a track of what it is. The rewards there will be passed out. But our greatest reward is I will see Jesus. Nothing in this life can compare to whom Jesus in so many ways he delivered, he healed, he walked among us all the way to the cross 
He kept on, was not detoured. The reason you and I can have hope today is that Jesus did not give up. Jesus did not buckle under the pressure. Jesus gave his life. Jesus could have called all heaven to rescue him. But Jesus said, I lay my life down. How can we understand this one in whom we call Jesus? You see his attitude. You see him in the beginning. In the beginning of Genesis, Jesus was there with the creator, God. He said, let us make man. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see Jesus in the, in the middle. We see Jesus appearing as an angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. We see Jesus coming back to the earth as we know as Christmas, the, the birth of Jesus into this world. And yet we see Jesus on the other side of the cross now, soon to come back for the church. Our mission remains clear. He says, don't deviate from this gospel. Don't try to preach someone else, but preach Jesus. You take him with you when you go to your workplace. He goes with you when you go into your places, the marketplace. Jesus goes with you. And it was the eyes of the Lord that changed people. One look in the face of Jesus. And we can be changed. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, we conclude with these verses. Since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus finished the work I could not. Jesus came to sacrifice once and for all sin. People just need to understand. They can't save themselves. Jesus saves them. The greatest gift in this life is the salvation of your soul. Jesus whether you're young or old, wherever you're at in life, it's never too late to say, I need you, Jesus. You can have a new beginning with him today. When there's feelings of hopelessness and despair, he is the one who gives hope to us. He is the one who has conquered the enemy. There is hope that we're going to see those who passed away 
in their faith. Amen. There's hope we're going to see our loved ones again. That's what keeps us strong, keeping things in perspective. This last song I chose has to do that which Jesus did on the cross. It's called Living Hope. The verse line, the first phrase talks about the chasm that lays between you. There's a distance between, before we're saved, there's a distance because of sin. So when we say yes to Jesus, he joins us to himself. Now we are made one with him. I'd like to sing it with you. It keeps our focus on not what we can do, but what he has done already.